You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. This is Locked On Hornets, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can check us all out on Twitter at Walker Mail, at Not of the Scribe, and at Doug Branson LOH. You can find the show handle on most social media platforms at Lockdown Hornets. We'll talk about Marcus Gasol and Mike Conley being now named as players you could possibly get on the trade market for the first Whoa. time by the Memphis Grizzlies. So we'll talk about that later on as well as Dallas inquiring about Kimba Walker. That came out from Sham Sharania. On a couple the, hours, like a half hour before we yep. got out of here, Dallas. Yep, Dallas. Stay away. They wanted Kimba. Charlotte said, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep on to Kimba. And uh, we'll get to that as well. But Nallis. also, what's that? Nallis. That's Nallis. what they said. Nallis. Yes, that's exactly what they said. I'm sure that's what came out of Mitch Kupchak's mouth. So you look at what they have going on tonight. They do have a game against the Memphis Grizzlies. And again, it does tie into. All pretty much the the pretty much the number one headline in the NBA right now is that Mike Conley and Marcus All have both been made available. So you mm-hmm. look for the first time the Grizzlies will begin listening to trade offers. The Grizzlies will be pursuing typical deal packages and dealing veteran stars, including some combination of young talent, draft picks, and salary cap relief. The advanced age of Gasol at 33 and substantial money owed to Conley, likely $67 million through 2021, could make it difficult for Memphis to get substantial trade packages in return. The Grizzlies had hoped to contend for a return to the playoffs in the Western Conference, but they have lost nine of their last 10 games to drop to 19 and 28 overall and into second to last place in the Western Conference. All of that being written up by Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN and Nada. I think that the Charlotte Hornets should inquire about potentially getting a Marcus All. Have you lost your ever-loving mind? Uh, why have I lost my mind if I want to see Marcus All in a Charlotte Hornet uniform? Because what does he do better right now than Cody? What does he do? Shoot the three significantly better than what Cody Zeller can do. He's also a better scorer than what Cody Zeller okay. is. He's proven that. I think also you have seen in the past he's been a better defender. I haven't checked his defensive stats here this season. They're not good. But Marc Gasol has been notorious, not notoriously, he has been a better defender throughout his career. Like Marc Gasol, I don't know why Marc Gasol is viewed as a bad player in your mind. It's not it's not necessarily a bad player, but for what it's probably going to cost you, it's probably going to cost you a Malik Monk or Miles Bridges. It's going to cost you a Cody Zeller most likely to go back in this deal along with some other cap filler. It's not worth it. The juice isn't worth the squeeze for what this team needs right now. And as much as I like Marc Gasol, defensively, he slipped. It doesn't make any sense. But it... <laughs> He hasn't slipped enough for him not to be a good basketball player. Like this is a guy. Look, if you're if you're inquiring about Marcus All, like I think the Charlotte Hornets should do, a lot of the sweetener in all of this is getting rid of a bad contract. Yes. And so if the Grizzlies 
are wanting to try to get any kind of return of assets, right? Yes. So you might just have to take a bad contract on because it's going to be tough to get rid of a contract like Mike Conley has. He was the highest paid player in the league when he was given that contract. Agreed. So, And also Marcus Saul, he's 33 years old. Mm-hmm. He's got a $25 million a year deal right now, and he's got a player option that he most likely will opt into next season. Okay. So if you're the Charlotte Hornets, I will gladly give up a Nick Batum a possible Malik Monk and or somewhat combination of a protected first round pick in order to get in order to get Marcus all so I could get off of a Nick Batum contract or even a Bismack Biombo contract, which he will opt in next season at $17 million. So that means you can have a good player. Marcus Hall is still a good player at 33, and I think his offensive game ages just fine, especially with his ability to shoot the three. So give me Marcus all. This is absolutely something that the Hornets should really inquire about to get off one of these bad deals that they have. And I'm fine getting rid of some assets even to do it to get off of one of these, especially if you're trying to appease Kimba and trying to find some help for him, which Marcus Gasol, in my mind, undoubtedly does. Marcus the problem with Marcus is not only the advantage age, but the $25 million, because I don't see any way they take a Nick Batum contract back. There's no way. If you get a Malik Monk... And if you get if, if you get one of those players, right, which we've all talked about, the Charlotte Hornets don't have a whole lot of assets to offer. Agreed. So Malik Monk, just so ha- as much as I want Malik Monk to work very badly, again, I loved the Malik Monk pick when it happened. I was not one of these guys singing the praises of Donovan, Donovan Mitchell over Malik at the time. I, in fact, I, I didn't hear a lot of people doing it at the time, right? But I love Malik Monk. I want him to work out. Malik Monk is the guy that holds value as far as him not being a star, that he's untouchable. But it's a guy that still has some value maybe to other teams. So Malik just makes sense whenever you're discussing a trade of sending a guy that is young, but he's not a star player. So if you send that, that would be attractive to Memphis. And also, if you have some semblance of a protected first-round pick, and if you get Marcus Gasol, you're making the playoffs. You're probably making the playoffs anyway. It looks like they'll make him in, make it anyway. Yes. But if you get Mark, I would, you know... Don't want to use the word lock, but I would feel pretty good that they'll make the playoffs if they get Marcus All, which means you're looking at a first round pick this season in, in, of 17 yeah. something around that range, which I would be cool surrendering surrendering a 17 overall draft pick, Malik Monk, and getting off of a bad deal that they've signed in order to get a guy that can still help you win basketball games right now. You do something for the present in adding Gasol's talent. And you do something for the future in unlocking some some money and, and allowing yourself to go at another player. I don't see any. I mean, I do this deal in a second. I do this deal right now. And, and the thing about this deal to me is that like Bradley Beal, as much as I was all in on the Bradley Beal sweepstakes as well, as much as I had talked myself into, OK, I am willing because we have Kimba and because people are so dead set of getting rid of Kimba. They're, they're, they're not going to do so, right? Fans yeah. want to keep Kimba on this roster for the long term. If that's the case, then you had to be willing to get rid of something like a Miles Bridges, like a Malik Monk, like a first-round draft pick. And I was all in on Bradley Beal. But granted, I thought, even though I thought there was a little bit of a chance of that happening, now with the Wizards having won seven of their last ten. Oh, that's never happened. Right, right, with them trading for Trevor Ariza, which is such a win-now move. You know, the Bradley Beal sweepstakes, they're no longer for Charlotte. This is something I absolutely 
could see the Charlotte Hornets actually being able to pull off. Now, if there's another team that talks himself into wanting Marcus Gasol even more so, there are going to be other teams that have better assets. But I don't think that it's going to be a hellacious return that they're able to get from a lot of teams. And therefore, Charlotte has the assets, I think, to pull this trade off. And Charlotte has a little bit of an advantage here because there are other prospects that I think teams like the Lakers and other contenders are going to be looking at trying to make a deal for like Anthony Davis and others. So I I don't think like Gasol is, I don't think going to command the attention from some contenders like like the Celtics, like like these prospects normally do. Right. Like Boston is the team that when you see Boston come to town to negotiate a trade, that's when you hold your head down because if they want them, Boston's going to get whoever they want. Right. Fair. But that's not going to be the case with Boston. They don't want Marcus all. Like there's there's no reason you're giving up any assets for Mark at 33 in their situation. Here's the one team I would probably throw at you that probably would outbid Charlotte if they wanted to go get Marcus all, and they probably do have a hole for him at the center position. The Los Angeles Clippers. The Clippers are a team that can offer a Jerome Robinson, some of their younger guys, some of the guys, uh, Pat Beverly and Avery Bradley, to get off their books to get a better center to solidify a playoff spot in the West. The Clippers are the type of team that can outbid Charlotte. You do not want to get into a bidding war for Marcus Hall. I think that's going to end up happening because the price is going to be perceived as lower, but there are going to be a lot more teams that we don't think are in that are going to be in. Well, and and you have to wonder what the Clippers are are going to do this summer with Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. So they're prepared to offer him a boatload of money. Is that something that you're prepared to do? I think that they should, right? Mm-hmm. And you, know, you add a lot of money in Marcus Saul and Kawhi Leonard, and what do they do with Tobias Harris? I don't know Tobias Harris's contract situation. I believe he is a free agent at the end of the season. So then, do you want to lock him up? Do you want to try to get a lot of money for him? Or sign and trade for him? Yeah, because well, because that would be it. Tobias Harris is a great player. We both love Tobias yes. Harris, and so now I, I just you're, the Clippers are fine, right? Maybe maybe that's the case. Maybe not. The thing about this trade to me, the thing about these guys is one, Mike Conley, you know, the Hornets, it's it's irrelevant here, yeah. right? Nobody's going after Mike Conley. And he's probably Kimba. headed to Detroit anyway. Well, and maybe, sure. I don't know why he pulled that team just kind of out of thin air, but sure, that's fine. Yeah. So if, that'd be impressive if it happens. But Mark Gasol, that is a guy that I could absolutely see the Charlotte Hornets going after. I think it would make a lot of sense. And I actually think they could pull it off. Like Bradley Beal, you could feel that was a stretch, but I actually think this could happen. I think it could if Mitch Kupchak does indeed inquire about it. The one thing I I hate saying the one thing I will say now okay. that you put We've it in my you. head. Yeah, I'm trying to improve self improvement in 2019. Everything. <laughs> new but, year, new me. Yeah, yes, definitely new year, new, new me. But I don't think anyone's coming. I don't think anyone's coming to save these guys. I mean, Borrego has mentioned it before. This is the out. This is the NBA version of the Alamo. No one's coming to save you. There is no cavalry coming. This is the team that we're basically going to get until next year when you have 40-something million dollars in expirings, and then you can remake the roster. And that's probably part of the pitch that they're going to make with Kemba Walker. I don't see any way that there's enough appetizing stuff without really taking a haircut either on talent or on picks to bring somebody in this year, unfortunately. Now, we're giving you Daily Hornets talk in your podcast feed. We need you to show your support by joining our Patreon page for as little as $1 a month. You'll be supporting the content that you depend on. Go to patreon.com slash LOH. Again, that's patreon.com slash LOH. We'll talk about some teams that did inquire about Kimball Walker, but Mitch Kupchak and company saying no thank you. It's the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. 
This is Locked on Hornets. We need Mitch Kupchak to throw a party like Sam Presti. Can he party like Presti? And Russell Westbrook? <laughs> yeah, but who are you going to get to perform? Because remember, guys, they got Nas. I, they did get Nas. Man, who is Mitch Kupchak getting to that Nelly. party to perform? Can we get Nelly? No. Can we get, P. <laughs> I hate you right now. <laughs> it's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. According to Sham Sharania of The Athletic, Dallas, the Dallas Mavericks called Charlotte inquiring about Kimba, but the Hornets again stated they were going to keep Kimba and wanted him to be a Hornet long term. And so with Dallas, Nada, you and I did talk about the possibility of a Dennis Smith Jr. trade with the Charlotte Hornets, whether that would be something the Hornets should pursue. We both agreed they should not. No. And apparently Mitch agreed with us. And apparently Mitch Kupchak did agree with us. Now, there was no reports that Dennis Smith Jr. was the guy that was mentioned here, but you would have to think that would be probably the feature, the focal point of any kind of return yeah. that the Hornets were going to get. Absolutely. And probably they were probably, knowing Mitch, he probably said, the only way we do this deal is if you take Nick Batum. That was the only way, and even then, that's such a hard sell. You contrast this with last year when there were reports that the Hornets were listening to offers for Kemba Walker, and you had Michael Jordan coming out and saying, "Well, you know, we would, we could do it if there was a, a you know a perennial All Star involved. Not this season. This season, they are not messing around. Yeah, shooting down these reports, and and you see that all the time, right? Like stories prob non stories probably being made into stories because everybody has their price right yeah. of course you would trade Kimba if the right package comes along but once we got word from Michael it was quite a bit of package that you were going to have to get in return it was going to have to be an all-star player mm-hmm. it was going to have to be some kind of pick and so when teams weren't willing to get rid of that in order to get Kimba Walker and we thought that probably wouldn't happen. But yeah. when teams showed that they weren't willing to do that, it just wouldn't make sense for them. Then the Hornets, they decided to keep Kimba. And now they are going full force. Kimba Walker is our guy. And I think that's a lot of the reason why you have to be willing to part with a first rounder. One, if you want to get off of some of this salary Agreed. sooner rather than later. And also to get a guy like a Marcus All or just any kind of star, right? Like I, I think we both agreed also that going after Kevin Love, I think would be awful. I think it would be an awful. Yeah, idea. can we kill that idea now? I, I hope so. I, I think going after Kevin Love would be ridiculous. Kevin Love is a fine basketball player, but the guy's injury history is lengthy, certainly here recently, and somebody that's making a lot of money and for a lot longer than what Gasol is. Absolutely, and that's the thing, like. I, Kevin Love to me died the minute that we realized that how much <laughs> we didn't want it. We never gave it life. Yeah, exactly. It never really happened. It never really came together for either of us. Even though I thought, you know what, wouldn't be that bad depending on how much salary you got off. But once you started seeing the Cavs get serious like returns for guys like Kyle Korver, and once you see stuff like that, then you realize that. The Cavs ain't playing around, and Cody Altman knows what he's doing. So why would you go after a guy? Why would you go after a guy that's probably going to cost you a whole lot more than you actually want to deal with? Then on top of that, going back to what you said about Gasol, like that again. If we're going to talk about any kind of trade, Gasol is the most palatable one, even though I'm not really for it at this point. Yeah, no, and I think it is. I think it's one that could actually happen, and I think it is one that would certainly help this basketball team. And you just look at the Grizzlies, who they, in fact, play tonight. Yes. You know, the Charlotte Hornets by ESPN, 
They're only one and a half point favorites. And I think I saw our boy Charlotte Sports Despair. He he saw something, and I forget what site he he said he saw it on, but that the Hornets were actually dogs in this game. Uh, you look at this and you just ask how, right? Like this is a Memphis Grizzlies team that one is is going through the turmoil of a Gasol and Conley trade rumor that's going okay. on right now. And Gasol, he's day to day. Of course. Garrett Temple is day-to-day. Okay. Dylan Brooks, of course, is out. And you do have Kyle Anderson is out with an ankle injury. Indeed. So you, even if this is on the road, this should be a team that the Charlotte Hornets beat. And yet, it's only a one-and-a-half-point favorite here listed on ESPN. Walker, let's go through the season right quick. Sure. Did they not lose against the Bulls? They did. Did they not get housed in Cleveland? Straight did- housed, yes. Did they not lose at home to the Knicks after blowing a 20-point lead? They did. Why, All of these are true. Why on earth would you trust this team on the road to beat a bad team we, no. when they've given you no evidence? No, you're right. Like, I probably shouldn't put my trust in them. We can still be frustrated if they lose to the Memphis Grizzlies with all of these scenarios. We may not be able to be surprised. But we certainly should be frustrated because this would be a bad loss. You yourself said Another, this is one you have to get a victory in. Yeah, no, you better win this. Right. If you're a playoff team, you better win this. But at this point, <laughs> I can't trust them. Again, they're like the kid with the loaded gun in the house. You just don't leave the loaded gun in the house. You can't trust this team. Yeah, that was all right. That was not a getting dark on us here in 2019 with a loaded gun take. Uh, again, we'll take a quick break. We'll try to gather our thoughts from Nada, but I agree. I mean, how, how can you not? How, how can you not when you have this Grizzlies team that is undergoing a lot of problems, losing 9 out of 10, and if the Charlotte Hornets lose tonight, if they allow them to get their second victory in a long time, then yeah, it, it would be it would be par for the course. Yes, like it would. yeah, you it's it's not that it would be surprising, but again, that, that's been my theme pretty much all season long. It's you can't be surprised, but you can still be mad and you can still be frustrated with the Charlotte Hornets team. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with more here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. To start this off, we all know about LeBron and how he built a school and it got a lot of fanfare. By the time 2019 closes. Bismack Biombo is planning to have six. Schools. Take that, LeBron. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. We're coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that's make more sales. We got just fantastic reviews for our Oscar nominee talk yesterday. (laughs) Doug wanted to talk about it. Everybody loved it. You couldn't keep people off of Twitter for congratulating us on such a segment well done. I saw that your wife had a hot take about watching Bohemian Rhapsody last night. You told the world that you were indeed going to watch it last night. Doug, what is your take on Bohemian Rhapsody? It was all right. Is that it? That's it. That's your take? It was okay. It was good. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a standard biopic. It's not it's not anything. I don't know why it's best picture. It's here's my take. It is the weakest best picture nominee 
in probably five years. Okay, well, that that was a little different. It sounded like, do we need to run this through the hot take machine? It, it, it almost kind of feels like you did. It seemed like we started very lukewarm, maybe yeah. not not even warm, just room temperature. And then it seems like we got pretty hot. But at the see, end of that. you shouldn't be nominated for best picture if your movie is all right. It's uneven. There are parts of it that are very compelling and and really draw you in and are interestingly shot. All of the performances that Freddie Mercury, played by Remy Malik, does in this movie, they are all brilliantly uh, choreographed and brilliantly shot. But all of the emotional moments that are supposed to, supposed to sort of take us inside the mind of Freddie Mercury are just, uh, yeah, they're just lukewarm. So basically what you're telling me is it's the saltine cracker of biopics. <laughs> it really is. I mean, and it's standard formulaic stuff for biopics. I mean, you you know, you have the the punchy one-liners and you have the uh, montages. You know, you contrast this movie with Star is Born. And I think you you start to see how actually different Star is Born is from other movies that that do this kind of thing where they, you know, a Star is Born doesn't show you the audience reaction to Lady Gaga's character. You really just live in the world of Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga's characters. You just sort of, you're on the road with them and they, no one tries to put you in the audience's perspective. You don't see people holding up signs like, we love you, yeah, like none of that stuff. That's what you get in, you know, you have to be told that people love Queen. Oh, and it's like, you you know, yeah. like, yeah, we all knew that. Oh, no. We didn't, you know, and so we, we you know, we is fast forward time. Is area right there? Is that what's going on? Oh, boy. This just, now I don't even want to see it because I heard that Mike Myers was particularly bad in this too, so. It's, why, why did they have Mike Myers in this movie and then give him nothing to do? He was the, the blandest character in the entire movie. It was just a very, very strange film that had moments it's it's a it's one of those frustrating films for me because it had moments of brilliance so, it had moments that you said man somebody had a good idea here and it got it got smashed like play-doh into something that people that everyone could eat so basically what you're telling me is not I eat play-doh well right, besides right. that besides that it's a delicacy <laughs> again that sounds like a southern southern del- delicacy but this was last year's Hornets team, is what you're telling me. A st- it, Bohemian Rhapsody is. This was last year's Hornets team. Yeah, yeah. There were just moments where you said, "Oh, I get it. I see what this, what the potential that this movie had." And then it would go out and get beat by the Chicago Bulls. Another topic. I shouldn't say another. I don't think Bohemian Rhapsody was actually getting talked about a whole lot on Twitter yesterday. But a topic. Period. That was getting talked about a lot on Twitter yesterday. Controversial Southern food takes. Saw some interesting ones out there. Mm-hmm. We talked about it earlier today on the wake-up call. Not I saw yours. Yours was that pimento cheese is trash. Pimento cheese is absolutely trash and basically unseasoned. It is a horrible de- delicacy that people who know better and do better should never, ever eat again. I'm trying to do y'all a favor. And then I, I got all this flack in my mentions, as per usual, over this <laughs> mild take. I usually get... Less flag when I say Bojangles is trash. I don't it think is. there are mild takes considered with you, Nada. I think all your takes, it doesn't matter what kind of take you have, it's usually hot. You make it hot. You do the all caps thing. I mean, it, it's it's are going to get to real. Are you trying to call me Diddy, sir? No, I am. Are you? Tr- if, if, that's, if that's how you want to take it, that's fine with me. Doug, do you have any controversial southern food takes for everybody? I don't understand grits. 
Oh boy. You don't, you just, do you need some understanding from them? Like, do you need some help? Yeah, I like to understand why I'm eating the foods I eat. I like to understand why (laughs) they taste good, but grits don't taste like anything. And you, you know, in order to consume them uh, uh, and be happy about it, you have to add all of these things. And I don't understand why they continue to be a a Southern treat. I'm a good, I'm a fan of grits. I'm a grits fan. Not are you a grits fan? I'm kind of. Doug's not wrong here, and I normally don't say that about his food takes. His, Thank his you. Food, no, his, they, his food yeah. Takes well, maybe horrible. you just need to put some sour patch kids in them and, and make them taste better that way, and then eat them <laughs> while watching. It's worth a shot. I just don't. I really I don't understand grits. Grits are like Cody Zeller. Like everyone keeps telling me that you know the the stats are the, the stats are not on. Absolutely. Yeah, the stats aren't in the box score. The the impact is not in the box score. You just got to add some butter and some cheese. And mm, no, like right. I just want so I want a food that can score and and get some assist and grab some rebounds. Grits need some doctoring. There's no doubt about it. You apologize but- to Cody Zeller. <laughs> Co- again, Cody Zeller's not that bad. Let's stop that right I now. I think you guys apologize to Cody. I think Doug, you need to apologize to Grits and Nada, you're flirting with it. I mean, you you almost need to apologize to grits. Grits will, are good. They need some doctrine. There's no doubt about it. Like they're better with seasoning, but there's a lot of food out there that is better with seasoning. You can't do anything with grits that you can't do better with rice. Period. Yeah, I I mean, I don't know about that. Like shrimp and grits is pretty damn good. I'll take shrimp and grits over I'll take shrimp and rice. I'll take you shrimp and grits. Uncultured savage. Yeah, I'll take shrimp and grits right now. Straight up. Give it to me. I'll I'll eat that all day. I don't think I have any controversial Southern food takes as well. I'm not a sweet tea fan, but I'm not a tea fan. So I'm not somebody yeah. – it's it's not about it being – in fact, if you did sweeten it, it probably would taste better than me. But I'm not a tea guy. I don't yeah, think there's – I don't think that there's any controversial Southern food take. I don't think there's anything out there that I really don't like. Yeah. friend of mine, uh, Joel Anderson, he writes for ESPN, he had a really good one. He was like sausage and gravy – on biscuits is overrated. Uh, yeah, Don't see. ruin the biscuit. Just put some honey. Go put some decent ap- apricot preserves. Maybe even some grape jelly for you. Yeah, I'll, I'll put some grape jelly on it. I'm, I'm a biscuits and gravy fan, but I'm not I'm not going to die for it. I'm yeah. not going to go on that hill and die and say that it's the best thing that I've ever tasted. I, I may slightly retract my uncultured savage. Thank you. Statement. I appreciate that. I, I, I'll eat biscuits and gravy, but that's about it. So we'll, we appreciate you for joining us here on the Locked On Hornets podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Locked On Hornets. We'll be back with you tomorrow to recap the Charlotte Hornets and the Memphis Grizzlies game.